Let us pray. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to half of the kingdom. Esther 5.3 Heavenly Father, as I listen to the story of Esther today, it helps me to realize that every ounce of influence you have given me is for a specific purpose. Help me to realize, for such a time as this, you have given me the ability to stand in the gap for those who can't stand for themselves. With this responsibility, I also acknowledge that you have given me the ability to have uncommon favor with those who can change the situation for your children for good. Therefore, I will not stand by when I have the ability to speak up. I will not watch as your children live below the callings that you have for them. Strengthen my resolve. Silence all fear. And give me strength, like the roar of a lion, to speak on your behalf. I will not be timid. And I will not be afraid when the time comes. For such a time as this, like Esther, you have elevated me and I am ready. In Jesus' name. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
Esther, the Jewish queen of Persia. In our last story, God's people were freed from the empire of Babylon and Persia to return home. The exiles journeyed back to the home of their forefathers. There they rebuilt the temple and attempted to rebuild their broken hearts. Now we meet a Jewish exile by the name of Esther. In a time of great uncertainty for the Jews in Persia, Esther is raised up as a beacon of deliverance, inspired by the book of Esther. Hello, Pastor Jack Graham here with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our last time together, we heard of the return of God's people to Judah and Israel. God had moved in the heart of the Persian king to release the exiles and provide them with the means to rebuild their city and the temple of the Lord. But even as they returned, there was tension and strife and division. Their hearts still needed healing. They needed revival. Today, we'll hear a reading from the book of Esther and learn of this amazing Jewish exile who was used by God to protect his people, to save a nation. Her life will become an example of how God often places courageous people in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. Let's hear now the reading of God's Word. The light of the Persian Empire shone from India to Ethiopia. The arms of King Xerxes stretched outward to the east and west. From his throne in the Persian capital of Susa, he ruled with drunken force. King Xerxes was not like his father Darius. He was a drunk, with very little regard for the people around him or under him. He held banquets and feasts in his own honor and soaked in the praise of his people like a god. One evening during the third year of his reign, Xerxes was holding yet another feast for him and his military officers. Nobles, princes, and prostitutes leaned against the palace walls. Music and sweat filled the air as Xerxes drowned himself in fine wines and spirits. Queen Vashti also held a banquet for the women of the royal palace. The celebration lasted 180 days. It was truly a tremendous display of opulent wealth. Parades of exotic animals filled the golden palace halls, and Xerxes basked in the jealousy of his peers. Xerxes sent out a decree in the land that for an entire week, the entire capital would revel with him. So the whole capital of Susa was drunk with wine, exotic sex, and food. By the seventh day, the king had lost all his sense. He fumbled around his throne like a toddler and screamed at his servants to come near. Bring me my queen, he yelled. I want all the men here to see her beauty. So the servant went to fetch Queen Vashti, but she refused to come. She did not want to be paraded around like one of his animals. Xerxes boiled with anger. He stumbled to his feet and called for his advisors to come near. If my queen will not listen to me, who's to say the rest of your wives will not follow in her example? Xerxes slurred. The men all nodded in drunken agreement. You should write a decree, one of the men shouted. A law that banishes Vashti. Then you should find another wife, more beautiful and submissive. That will set an example to all the husbands that they should never allow their wives to say no to them. The king nodded in agreement. 
So in his drunken rage, he banished the queen and sent out word to have the finest women in the land taken for his choosing. Days passed, and Xerxes was detoxing from his months of endless drinking. His body ached, and his head felt as heavy as iron. As his mind sobered, he considered what he had done to Vashti. There was a hint of regret in the king's heart, but not enough regret to let go of his pride. So he sent his servants around the empire to find the most beautiful young women in the land. One by one, they were brought to the king's harem for him to gaze upon and taken to his bedroom. For weeks, the king shopped for women like objects, seeking the most beautiful and the most silent. In the land of Susa, there was a Jewish community. Some of the exiles from Jerusalem stayed in the land of Persia and made a life for themselves. They worked the fields, labored in the city, and advised some of the nobles in literature and philosophy. Among those Jews was a man named Mordecai. He lived in the Jewish community with his beautiful young niece, Hadasha, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her and raised her as his own daughter. The two were close. It was late, and the sun had set over the Susan horizon. Mordecai and Esther were eating next to the fireplace, enjoying stories and jokes. <laughs> Esther loved her uncle and hung on every word he spoke. Their meal was interrupted by a violent knocking on the door. Mordecai answered and was with guards pushing open the door. They shoved him aside and set their sights on Esther. Without a word, they took her arm and escorted her out of the house. Both of them knew where Esther was being taken. She was being taken to the king's harem. It was dark, and all Esther could see was the looming tower of the palace. She was taken inside. The halls were dimly lit by torches, and Esther could smell the faint scent of fine oils and myrrh growing stronger. She was taken into a second corridor. The guards opened the door to the harem and left her into the care of Haggai. She was pampered with fine oils, beauty treatments, and massages. For six months, she was soaked in exotic perfumes and trained in the ways of pleasure. It was rigorous, depressing, and spiritually draining. Yet Esther maintained hope and kept her Jewish identity hidden. When the time of beautification had finished, she would be escorted into the king's chambers. If she pleased the king, she would be made his wife. All the while, Mordecai was in the palace working his way up the ranks as one of the servants so he could keep an eye on his niece. The sun painted the sky a deep orange. Its hues peeked through the window of Esther's room. She looked in the mirror, both pleased and disgusted with herself. The six months of pampering had done a fine work on her outer beauty. However, Esther maintained the knowledge that it was the heart that truly mattered. She took a deep breath and then walked towards the king's chamber. Xerxes was lying in his bed, naked, awaiting his newest guest. He was hungry with anticipation. As he sipped his wine, he watched as the door slowly opened. Entering in was Esther. Her long and wavy hair fell over her shoulders and down to her curvy waist. Her lips were red and full, and her almond eyes were filled with depth. Her hips swayed as she walked towards the king. Her presence was intoxicating to him. He stood to his feet and took Esther into his arms. The next morning, Esther awoke to an empty bed. At first she thought she would be returned home since the king seemed to be done with her. 
Instead, Haggai opened up the door and escorted her to the queen's chambers. She was given the queen's wardrobe and given charge over her own servants and eunuchs. However, she was instructed to never approach the king or speak to him unless he called for her. It was winter, and King Xerxes grew very fond of Esther. He fell in love with her beauty and her noble heart. He put a crown over her head and made her queen of Persia. However, she continued to keep her identity secret, as there was a deep prejudice against the Jews at that time. One day, Mordecai was on duty at the king's gate. He held his spear at attention, listening for any rumors about the new queen of Persia. As he was listening to the gossip and secrets, he overheard two guards in a peculiar conversation. Under the cover of the gate's barracks, Mordecai heard two guards conspire against King Xerxes. They were angry with the king and plotted to assassinate him in his sleep. Mordecai looked up at the sun, seeing that there was only an hour left of daylight. The king would retreat to his chambers soon, so he dropped his spear and ran into the palace. He snuck through the back doors of the palace into the queen's chambers. He peeked his head through the lattice to get Esther's attention. She was overjoyed to see her uncle, but there was no time for a pleasant greeting. He warned Esther of the plan to kill the king, so she ran to tell Xerxes and gave Mordecai the credit. The king had the guards put to death and was forever grateful to Mordecai for saving his life. Time had passed, and the king had promoted one of his servants, Haman, in charge of all the nobles in the land. Haman was a wicked man, filled with self-love and malicious ambition. Under the king's nose, Haman sent a decree in all the land for every man and woman to bow to Haman when they saw him. Mordecai refused to bow to Haman. This vexed the selfish servant. Haman knew that Mordecai was a Jew and was filled with rage against him. However, he knew that Mordecai had the favor of the king. So he plotted against Mordecai by whispering hatred into the king's ear about the Jewish people. He filled the king's cup with much wine, and he spun webs of lies against the Jewish people. The king once again found himself in a drunken rage fueled by Haman. Together they sent a decree that on March 7th, the nobles were to kill every last Jew in their lands. Word reached Mordecai, and he violently pursued a word with Esther. However, he was not allowed in the palace at that time. He raged against the gates, trying to get the queen's attention. He knew that she was the only one who could stop this madness. So Mordecai sent a messenger to Esther, and the two spoke through him. Esther was told about the decree and became terrified. The king was locked up in his tower, strategizing with his commanders. Esther had the favor of the king, but she knew that if anyone interrupted him in the next month, they would be put to death. She sent this excuse to her uncle, and it made him furious. Do not think for one moment that your crown makes you safe from this decree. If you remain silent, I promise you relief will come to the Jews by someone else, and you will regret doing nothing in the face of danger. The Jews will always survive, as is their way, but you will fade and be forgotten. The words stung Esther, but she was still afraid to approach the king. It meant certain death. Mordecai calmed himself and sent a message to Esther. Who knows? he asked. 
Perhaps you were put in the palace for this very purpose. The words resonated in Esther's mind. If she remained silent, her people would perish. She warred in her heart. Did she remain safe and allow for thousands of innocent people to die? She banged her fist against her bedroom wall. She looked outside her window and lifted her eyes to the city. Tears streamed down her face. Then, a wave of resolve came upon her. She closed her eyes and whispered, If I die, I die. In today's reading from God's Word, we're introduced to the son of King Darius, a man named Xerxes. He rules from the Persian city of Susa, and he's nothing like his father. He was a drunkard and a reveler, given to pleasure of all kinds, and none of them God-honoring. His wife, Queen Vashti, held a banquet for him. And after days of partying, in a stupor, the king summoned Vashti to show her off to the court. But she refused, and this angered Xerxes. And because to him people were expendable, merely instruments for his enjoyment, he banished Vashti, removing her as queen. This should paint a picture of the kind of man Xerxes was. He was reprehensible and not to be toyed with. So the king had his servant scour Susa, looking for the next queen, the object of his own selfish, lustful desire. And make no mistake, that is what women were to King Xerxes, just objects. It's here that we meet Esther, a young Jewish girl living in Susa. She was an orphan adopted by a man named Mordecai, a righteous Jew who cared deeply for his niece and his Jewish brothers and sisters. One day, Esther was taken away by the king's men to be prepared as a candidate for queen. Imagine the horror, the terror of this young girl ripped from her home and sent to become property of the king, one of his harem, one of many. Esther knew that Jews were hated in Susa, so she hid her ethnic identity but maintained her devotion to God, holding on to the teachings of God's word passed down to her by Mordecai. We may at times find ourselves in situations when the wisest thing to do is not stand out or call attention to ourselves. This is the case for countless persecuted Christians today around the world. But not standing out does not mean we conform or compromise. We must always ask God for wisdom and strength to remain faithful to Him in all circumstances. Finally, one day Esther was sent before Xerxes, and he was very pleased with her. She was chosen among many others to be made queen. But we must not imagine this as a great love story. She was just property for the king expendable property. This wasn't a marriage as God intended and designed marriage to be, and Esther was given strict orders to not speak to Xerxes unless she was summoned. But behind the scenes, God is at work. His providence is moving. God worked in the life of Esther's uncle Mordecai. He placed Mordecai in a place where he uncovered a plot to kill Xerxes. So he warned Esther, who rushed to the king and tipped him off. Xerxes was indebted to Mordecai and to Esther. All seemed well, until a very evil man named Haman rose among the ranks and got close to Xerxes. He expected everyone to bow to him, and because Mordecai refused to do so, he hated Mordecai and all the Jews. So Haman got Xerxes drunk 
and began to poison his mind against the Jews. He convinced the king to issue a decree that amounted to an order of genocide. When Mordecai discovered this, he and all the Jews went into mourning. Then he found a way to get word to Esther. She was afraid and reluctant to get involved, knowing that the king was cruel, calloused, and unreasonable. But listen to what Mordecai said to Esther in chapter 4, verse 14. If you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. There is so much truth in that statement for us today. We live in a very evil world, and we face many obstacles in living for Christ in our generation. But God is raising up His people. God is raising up courageous people today to stand true to His Word and to stand faithfully for the testimony of Jesus Christ. God will always find a way to accomplish His purpose, whether we are involved or not. May we choose to be involved. May we choose courage. We must always ask ourselves every day, what is my purpose in life? What is my reason for being here in this office or this school or this neighborhood? I am born to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther understood the profound truth of these words. Everything in her life has been leading up to this moment when God would work through her to save a nation. It wasn't easy for her, but it did remove any doubt. She had to act, whatever the cost, and she ultimately said, If I perish, I perish, but I will do what God wants me to do. And we'll discover what she does in our next episode. Dear God, we thank you for the Scripture and how it challenges us to know how we could be used by you in circumstances and opportunities that you've made available to us, that we would always live for your purpose. We know that we have been made on purpose and for a purpose. May we fulfill your plan for our lives every day, and may we have courage just as Esther did. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer a real priority in your life. And if you are enjoying this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you care about, because sharing God's Word has a powerful impact upon people's lives. And if you want more resources as to how you can find faith, grow in your faith, develop as a disciple and follower of Jesus, be sure to visit me at jackgraham.org. We have plenty of resources that will encourage you and equip you for life. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.